another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hebner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. This is your first time tuning in the show. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, today, Dan and I are repping State Farm because <laughs> that's just what happened. Did not know. Hello that, uh, to Jake from State Farm. <laughs> did not know that our color coordination was going to be like that today. So <laughs> if you're wondering, did we plan it? Absolutely not, but apparently that's who we're co-sponsoring this show with today. (laughs) That is who Dan and I are indirectly supporting today on Chargers Unleashed. But very excited to get into this episode because, Dan, we're right around the corner from the Combine. We We are actually one week out as it stands today from the NFL Combine getting underway. I am so excited for this. Next week is going to be absolute bananas for Chargers Unleashed in terms of what we have coming up and what we wanted to do because there's the next no... two weeks. The next two weeks, actually. Got it. Thank you for correcting me. That's absolutely <laughs> true. Uh, what we wanted to do was kind of almost as a primer talk about some of the top combine storylines for the Chargers as we head into next week, some of the prospects prospects and position groups that we're excited to see go out there and test guys who could potentially really help their their draft stock with some good testing numbers as well. Give some scouts another thing to think about when you go back and revisit some of their tape. But before we dive into it, Dan Wolkenstein, how are you, sir? And how is great? How is state farm treating you? (laughs) I'm great. I'm currently got, I'm currently saving 15% or more with Geico, but I think with our new sponsor opportunities here, I think we might have to change that. Uh, No, I'm doing great. I'm so pumped. So pumped for next week for the combine to start. This is a big step for the Chargers fans and for this team and the zoo staff to kind of see which types of guys that they want, which guys are going to rise, which ones are going to fall. The archetypes, if you will, for this new Chargers era of football and so this is a this is an important discussion for us to have, and I think it's one that could help, hopefully, not only ourselves but fans and listeners, kind of shift gears a bit towards the combine and the impact that it'll have. So before we get to that, Jake, and before I hear about how you're doing, let's pay the bills real quick. Let's talk about our friends. Want to tell you about our friends over at Underdog Fantasy, which is the easiest way to get into some of the action on all sports. It's Underdog Fantasy and their Pick'em game. Just pick higher or lower on your favorite or least favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Just pick between two and five players to fill out your Pick'em entry. Get every pick right and take home some cold, hard cash. Use the code UNLEASHED and get your free deposit up to doubled up to $500 by Underdog. Underdog, go on over to Underdog Fantasy and let them know that Chargers Unleashed sent you. So let's get right into this, Jake. The storylines for the Combine every year are incredible. And that is no exception this year. And the Chargers have the number five overall pick, which is funny. I'm going to put this here, a little bit of, little bit of a dagger to you, Jake. After that field goal went r- wide right, I believe, in Arizona, Chargers fans were in an absolute tizzy, pissed off, could have had the fourth pick. And now, you know, whatever. And now, Chargers fans in this combine, this is kind of a transition. Chargers fans are kind of in a win-win scenario here with that number five overall. Either three quarterbacks go, and the Chargers are guaranteed an option of either Harrison neighbors or bowers all three would be great or okay or you gotta play or, devil's, devil's advocate a little bit there or dunze we'll put him there too 
Hold on. Or, or, (laughs) or let's say two quarterbacks go. And then two position groups go, whether that's two receivers, it's a matter of skill position. Chargers with number five have five other quarterback needy teams on line one available to trade down. Either scenario, epically great for the Chargers. So when you get into these storylines, that's probably the first one for me. And I believe it was Matt Money Smith talked about this on one of his recent episodes with Chris Harry. Overarching storyline, I think that Chargers fans are looking for specifically is a couple of position groups. One, quarterbacks. Can QB3, can Jalen Daniels, can Jalen Daniels ball out? Like, I want him to have a Justin Herbert meteoric rise. I see what you're doing there. Let these quarterback needy teams feast and froth is what I'm hoping for. <laughs> Drake May, Caleb Williams, Jane Daniels, all three of those guys, I hope have incredible, incredible off seasons. I would be surprised personally if any of them threw next week, just because you know how nor- it normally goes with quarterbacks. They want to throw with guys that they're familiar with. So I would like it if they threw just to give them an extra opportunity to do so. Do whatever it is that they can to elevate that draft Nick, stock. Sure. Oh, Nick said he was already going to, I believe. Get, I think hey, hey, was as well. That whole second tier of <laughs> quarterbacks. McCarthy, let's go. JJ <laughs> McCarthy's draft stock, who is seemingly just on a rocket right now. Let's let's have that all day. Let's have it just be, you know what? Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jane Daniels, they could sit out. Let's just have JJ McCarthy just go in there and absolutely ball. JJ McCarthy, quarterback one. Yes, and let, validate everything that, that Jim Harbaugh started it with. Validate everything that everybody's been saying lately as far as where other GMs have him in terms of that second tier of quarterbacks that are seemingly going to go. Let's just knock that draft stock of J.J. McCarthy's to the moon. Yeah, and the other part about this, a little sliver about this is like you're now seeing Justin Fields unfollow the Bears with Jake. You and I talked about. I talked about this weeks ago. Hasn't he done that before? I know. It's <laughs> this but, whole thing about players unfollowing teams. But I said this from the jump. There's no way that that number one overall pick is not Caleb Williams. No way by the Chicago Bears or any other team. So biggest storyline probably the quarterbacks. One. The other one before I kick it to you, Jake. Wide receivers. You're thinking of the Chargers fans. I think majority myself clearly want Malik neighbors. But if we think about kind of the trade down scenario, what the Chargers are wanting to have happen is have as many blue chip players be wanted by the rest of the NFL. So when you think of blue chip players, Roma Dunze has been a big name that Chargers fans are possibly looking at, at number five, maybe a trade down Malik neighbors, obviously. And again, Malik neighbors, Roma Dunze, those guys are probably going to be running right next to each other at the combine. Those two names, again, we're talking number five overall specifically. Let those two guys cook. Because either you're picking one or you trade them back for one that wants one. Now, those are not like specifically charges related, but it's kind of a trickle down effect, if you will. What about? Other positions, Jake. I think you have to look at this corner class and for where the Chargers are going to prioritize prioritize corner 
again, we talked about this, Dan, earlier this week, and seemingly we we feel like we almost talk about it with every positional breakdown that we discuss, just because the Chargers need everything. Mm-hmm. And especially <laughs> when you're using these hypothetical trade down scenarios, whether it's once or twice that the Chargers end up executing a trade down, and no matter what round it happens to be, the Chargers just they need more swings of the bat. They need to fill this roster out majority through the draft because their spending, their cap spending is going to be very limited in terms of who they're going to bring in. So maybe you get one, if lucky, two holes that you can fill in that circumstance. But corner, you really have to go back to the drawing board and start rebuilding that secondary room with higher draft picks utilized on that. Mm-hmm. Dan mentioned this. I don't know if it was last year or maybe it was even just before the season ended, just when we were going through the cornerback group. That was the highest priority that the Chargers had put on a cornerback when they selected Asante Singo Jr. since Jason Verrett once yeah. upon a time. And since then, it's been guys like you know undrafted free agents and Michael Davis that obviously will not be returning. You have Jasir Taylor, Dean Leonard that was taking more, more recently. Alohi Gilman. Alohi Gilman, if you want to, yeah, encompass the safeties, then you throw in JT Woods in there. I mean, it just has not been one of those top priorities. And now again, and this is the beautiful thing about this, with not just with Jim Harbaugh and obviously what his whole mentality is of what he wants to do, but you add in Jesse Minter and Klinkscale to this new coaching staff. And you have to believe that just because of the familiarity that Hortiz has with Harbaugh and Minter, Mm that there's going to be a lot of collaboration just in terms of guys who are on the board, who you're going to want to see, and where they're going to ultimately prioritize them. So I believe that corner is going to be a position that before day two is over, the Chargers are walking out of there with another another cornerback to yeah, start, and, come in and just start. And that's probably another position that I think, and we're already, we're already starting to see this, I think a month ago. There was probably, people would say like, you know, this cornerback class is very deep. But like that bona fide alpha CB1 type that we've seen in years past, like isn't there. But as we've gone through the last few weeks, you're kind of starting to see this rise of the cornerback group, whether it's Terry and Arnold, you see Quinion Mitchell going from day three to now he's sorry, day two, round three to now middle round one, easy. Nate Wiggins, there's a whole bunch of guys. That's a group to watch for in the combine because I would not be shocked at all. If you start to see multiple cornerback names, now bona fide top 10 picks. Enos Rankstraw is another name in that corner yep. conversation, Dan, because he didn't get a chance to play at the Senior Bowl, but he plays with that mentality. You know, Is he a ball hawk? No, he only had one career interception in college. But in terms of his physicality, sticky in coverage, what he's able to bring to the game, like you just look at that and you say, like, God, this is a Jesse Minter type quarterback, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Um, some other guys that I have gone back and watched that are like the, t- that more of like the bigger body. Cause you got a, a number of bigger body DBs in this group and athletic guys. We're talking six, two and above. You go from Jaden Hicks from Washington state. You go from Cameron Hart, uh, Kyrie Jackson out of Oregon. There are some big bodied athletic corners that you can, that you'd be hoping that are just going to come in and validate validate a stronger DB room in general, whether or not we're talking corner or safety in this circumstance. That is a group that I think that 
is going to turn some heads. I think it's yeah. a group that's going to have people go back and say, hmm, maybe this cornerback class isn't as top-heavy as we thought. Maybe it's top-heavy and it's deeper than yeah. what we thought it was. So yeah. I'm excited to see what that position group is going to do. A lot of athletic bodies in there. And so bummed that Cooper DeGene, arguably the most athletic DB in this entire class, is not going to be able to run because of an injury, but he'll be running at his pro day. Yeah, a couple other names. Michigan, Mike Sandersill. I think that's a big name for Chargers fans to watch. Obviously. Probably a guy that they could be targeting later. Uh, Max Melton. This is one of NFL Stock Exchange's big risers. Great face. A lot of people aren't talking about him enough. Uh, Trevor Sick was on the show with us earlier and talked about him specifically as one that is not getting enough love. Uh, TJ Tampa, I like him. He has great size. But look for that group. I mean, there's guys like Kamari Lasseter. I really like. Kalen King has such has had such a precipitous drop off. It's insane how he went from like top, you know, round one guy to now he was there. Not. Now he's kind of like lost lost in the mix just because you've had guys like even yeah. you could throw in Cooler McKinstry in that as well because he, for a long time he was being viewed as the number one guy, and then things have dramatically shifted over the last couple of months where it's, he would be so good for this Chargers team. Like just a guy that is just solid, man. You could just put him there and not worry. Like, is he I, the most athletic, but he's just so calm and cool. I love Kool-Aid McKinstry, dude. I I'm interested to see where talk. he ultimately ends up going come draft time. Because like his position. Yeah. Like, like his overall position, man. You see Daniel Jeremiah's quarterback, you know, or just his big board. He's got Terry on Arnold as his fifth overall player on his board. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. You've seen mock drafts now since Quinn, Quinion Mitchell's draft stock has risen, where people have considered him the number two guy that's going to come off the board in terms of the cornerback class goes. So it's insane how much everything has shifted. And it happens every single year as it relates to draft time between January and around this time just before the combine. And obviously, when we get to April, it's going to be a completely different story. But the DBs is probably out, outside of the wide receivers. That's got to be one of the top positions I'm looking forward to seeing. There's so yeah. much talent. I don't think that has been adequately talked about. Yeah. Another one that I am curious to see how this goes, because I feel like the tight end position is basically Brock Bowers. And then, you know, you can float a mile long in a river before you talk about the next one, Jatavian Sanders from Texas, who a lot of people are really high on, by the way. Like people say that gap isn't as cavernous as maybe some might say but i it's hard to argue that brock bowers isn't just like in his own tier of course a very large tier but there's a bunch of tight ends that are going to get drafted and you hear about none of them other than those two i do think that that is a position that i am very curious about seeing because it's a hard position to evaluate and project from college to the NFL because it's very there's a lot of nuance there and a lot of times NFL teams will look at like athletic traits for a tight end more so than they do playmaking ability or highlight film if you will so looking at some of the other names like AJ Barner another Michigan guy like you see him up there again he's probably a day three guy right now but there's a bunch of tight ends that I think the Chargers fans might need to be comfortable with and start understanding and seeing more of because if they don't go Brock Bowers or Sanders for that matter, that whole next group is kind of all clumped together. 
So tight end is a position that we don't talk much about. You don't hear much about. But for a team like the Chargers who needs a tight end, maybe more than one, <laughs> look at that position at the combine. I think one position, Dan, in just in terms of, I don't want to necessarily call it underrated. Maybe it's undervalued and maybe it's different just because of the class that it's in for this year, as opposed to last year, previous years. But you look at the running back class and obviously the Chargers are going to be in search of one. The Chargers are going to come away with a running back at some point during this draft. And I still believe that the best way that you go into 2024 with this Chargers running back group is you sign a veteran to a low-level contract and you combine that with one running back in this draft and you try to create you know, either a stable of three combining with as Isaiah Spiller or you make a one-two punch out of what you can do. And for this running back class, because it's so intriguing, so many different analysts or pundits have different running backs slated as their RB1, whether we're going between Brooks, Allen, however you want to look at it. Then, of course, we get the uh, the news this morning about the Chargers signing <laughs> very very conveniently um, the, the new running back coach out of USC, which now it makes everybody believe like, oh, is is, is, is Marshawn Floyd going to be the target in that circumstance? Marshawn Lloyd, yeah. Or Marshawn Lloyd, Marshawn Lloyd excuse me. Um, and this running back group in general I'm I'm excited to see them go because I would yes would you like to see some of their draft stock get pushed up higher of course mm-hmm. and but I think it would also validate them in terms of what it is that they could do more specifically for what the Chargers need I think when you look at the running backs that the Chargers obviously have had over the years in terms of their RB one you know it's Austin Eckler who was a very different back from what you would consider is the norm in the NFL in terms of what he can do, but he was able to make a living off of it and be productive for a long period of time. Now, how's that going to change? Obviously with Jim Harbaugh, Greg Roman, and how they're ultimately going to come in and run the ball. You know, you have Isaiah Spiller who is physically that bigger type back and whoever it is that you go out and get from a veteran free agent presence are you looking for that guy who's going to come in and be able to show facets in pass blocking, pass catching, be that type of third down scat back that you would like to see that has those elements of Austin Eckler? What is it that you're actually looking for? And in this particular running back class, I think there is kind of a hodgepodge of guys with different type of skill sets Mm -hmm. to where the Chargers could go a multitude of different directions. Because I don't think out of this class that you're thinking to yourself, okay, this is not going to be the guy that the Chargers come in and draft where they're going to start day one as RB1. It's, I don't believe it's going to be that type of a, a move. Unless they, dra- unless they draft one way earlier than I think Chargers fans are comfortable with. Right. Now, I'm not saying two years from now that that could ultimately be what they develop into. But it, mm-hmm. if this is going to be a, pers- a player that you're going to say to come in and be, hey, you're going to need to be a cognitive piece in our running back stable for this year. Yeah. And hopefully you could say to yourself that this is going to be the guy that's going to do- develop into our RB1. That's possible. At this point in time, from what we know about this class, it's there's still some question marks. So 
it's an intriguing group. There's it's no one that Bijan, I hope there's no Bijan yes. Robinson in this draft. There's there's no Gibbs in this draft. Yes. So it's an interesting class. It's one that has a bunch of, I think, untapped or unseen potential, if you will. Mm-hmm. And but I'm ex- I'm excited for it because I would like to see some more validity come to this running back class because I know it's it's not the strongest class, especially when you were talking about it's not top end heavy. But there's a lot of names that are intriguing options for any team to come out to say, yeah, let's build our running back stable with one of these guys. Yeah, and you think of the Chargers of the past with like the Thunder and Lightning sort of approach. You have the the fast guys. You got the Thunder. It's like the I go back to like the USC days of Reggie Bush and Lendell White, or when you had Michael Turner and LT or Sproles alongside of them for a bit. That's what I'm wanting to kind of see here, like with this running back group, is like who. I, I'm looking at like traits and characteristics like 40 times, for example. Like the Chargers need speed on the offense any way they can get it. And if they can find one there, like I'm down. So I know like the the kid out of Tennessee, I forget his name. Jalen uh, Wright. Jalen Wright. That guy has like a seven point something yards per carry. That's like top five in the nation. And that guy's clocked doing like 21 plus miles an hour. The 40 times is going to be interesting for this running back group as well as some of like the strength and the agility drills. I've, all, I've really liked Audric Estime. I think that's one guy that I've said from day one that would fit the archetype that this running back team needs, running back group needs, in my opinion. Um, there's a bunch of dudes, man. Like, I don't know, Frank Gore Jr. would be fun. Marshawn Lloyd talked about his connection to the running backs coach. Will Shipley, I really like. Um, I mean... Hell, Jonathan Brooks, potentially, wild card with the injury. Not sure there, but there's a bunch of guys there. Um, I guess maybe the other one, we just talked about the the defensive line as a whole, but interior and the edge group. I know Liatu Latu, I think, is one that I'm not sure how he's going to test. And there's some people talking about how it might not test as great as people might like. But just watch the film, man. The guy's like just a technician. Trevondre Sweat, the big guy that I love. I think this is a big, big week for him. Because if he can test great athletically, not just strength, but like shows some agility, right? I think that'd be huge for him. And man, as a Chargers fan, I would love to see him brought onto this team. But there's so many storylines for the defensive line and the Chargers have so many storylines of their own on this group. We don't know who's going to be there. We just talked about like, do they rip the bandaid? I don't know, dude. I, the more I think about it, I think it's time for the Chargers to not have Bosa or Mac on this team. I know that's a tough pill to swallow and I know what Mac just did. But think about the relief that it would bring Chargers fans. I know there's dead cap involved, and I know the names hurt. But think of the relief and the amount of ways they can go in free agency and the draft with possible trade compensation if they got those guys. And you're also saving like 50 plus million dollars. <laughs> I should say plus, roughly $50 million if you cut those two. Defensive line is a big one for me. And we might find out here in the next couple of weeks how many they need. I mean, I'm with you, Dan. I mean, is it, could still the Chargers go a multitude of different possibilities as it relates to 
keeping Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa on this roster next year? Sure. As we talked about it during our positional breakdown, at most what you're expecting is one more year to keep them. You're mm-hmm. just, again, shifting that money down the line. You're going to eat some of that cap. You'll relieve it for this year. But at most, I think you only get one year out of either one of them if they if they, you choose to move forward with them on their roster. You need to start getting younger at the edge position. Yeah, and, and cheaper. And cheaper. And cheaper. And not and as it stands for Joey Bosa, because he's still technically within that youth type of a range that you'd want to see. But how about healthier? I was going to say, we need that too. How about healthier and 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 reliability to be there on on game days? That's that's what you need. So I think you're in that type of period now, where yes, you might have to make those hard decisions contractually, but especially now we're talking about a different regime here. We're talking about Joe Hortiz and more specifically in this circumstance with Jesse Minter and how do they fit into that defense moving forward. Edge and interior defensive line, by the time that we get to April, depending on what moves that are made by the time free agency opens, may become a bigger priority than what we've been talking about in terms of wide receiver, tight end, corner, center. Maybe not so much center because there's literally nobody in that current position right now. So I'll retract that. But it, it may be higher. As I said, Joe Hortiz, when he was with the Ravens from... Going all the way back to 2013, 10 out of those 11 years, they drafted either an edge or interior defensive lineman 10 out of those 11 years between rounds one through four. That's where they prioritized it. So they made sure to keep building through the trenches. So will he bring that same type of mentality to the Chargers given all the areas that they have to fill for this one? Yeah, and the last one, honestly, for me, in terms of position groups and storylines, is going to be the receivers. And we talked about the obvious two at the top, well, three, I guess, if you're including Marvin Harrison Jr. and Link Neighbors, but also Dunze. Chargers fans want speed. They want athleticism. They want playmaking. They want yards after the catch. And the Chargers team, I think, needs it. Now, we'll see what kind of style of offense that they go for. If they go 11, 12 personnel, who knows? But the wide receiver drills every year, Jake, are always fun. And they're always ones that, I think, get the headlines and they get the highlight reels and they get all the 40 times going crazy. Uh, there's a bunch of guys that I love for this Chargers team. And some of them, I think, need this, given some of the history. Uh, Jermaine Burton, by the way, big, big fan of his on the field. Now, I was just made aware of some off-the-field stuff that happened after, I think, it was a Tennessee Volunteers game where he struck a female uh, and was disciplined for it. There's some character concerns there. I guess he went to anger management. I'm not sure. But him on the field is great. Now, will the Chargers, will this new regime go after a player like that that has tremendous upside on the field? Concerns, sure. But upside, possibly. That's like a typical, how did the Ravens get this guy? If he falls to, you know, round three or whatever, and he, some, they take him, like, whoa, that's great. From a talent perspective, good. Uh, Malachi Corley, hearing a bunch of people talk about him. Interesting to see what he does. A bunch of the... The other guys, too, like I think Tez Walker really needs to step up at the Combine. Had a tough senior bowl. Uh, Xavier Leggett, one of my favorites, looking for him. A.D. Mitchell, really, really like A.D. Mitchell in the back half of round one. Maybe, in my opinion, I think he falls to round two. And if he's there at 37, like 
If you don't go, neighbors. Whew. Ricky Pearsall, Jalen Polk, the other Washington wide receiver. I was going to bring him up because in the in the kind of a weird connection type way when we're talking about, okay, neighbors in a dunes, they literally lined up right in the same order in terms of when they're going to test, when they're going to run at the combine. You think about Washington and LSU, and you still have Brian Thomas Jr. Damn. And, and Jalen Polk. And two guys who are starting to kind of get that notoriety, even though they're overshadowed by <laughs> both a Dunze and neighbors, respectively. Mm-hmm. So this wide receiver class is deep with guys that can inflate their draft stock next yeah. next week. Dan, I don't think that we could escape out of here without talking about the offensive line as bullish as has been talked about by me and has been talked about publicly by draft analysts. This is arguably the strongest group in the entire class. And we're not just talking about tackles. We're talking about guards and centers alike. It's projected now that there could be eight or nine offensive linemen, regardless of position, taken in the first round. Dane Brugler, who was just giving love to Zach Frazier this morning, one of my favorite centers in this draft class, said that there is a possibility, Dan, that there could be three centers taken in the first round, which, of course, has never happened before. Never even happened with two, I believe, let alone three. But he says that there's a potential because of this center class that it could that could possibly happen. Now, it's probably a long shot that that could end up taking place. But here you go now starting to hear more great things specifically about this center group. And for the Chargers who have a gaping hole at that particular position right now, <laughs> yeah. this is a really good, I, I want to say one that needs to deserve a little bit more love than I think that it had been getting over the past several weeks. And obviously when you talk about guys like uh, JPJ, who I'd be interested to see ultimately where his draft stock ends up falling. Zach Frazier, again, one of my favorites. I would personally love it if for some magical reason, if he was still there within the second round and the Chargers selected him. I love his mentality. I love his grit. A former guy who's got a collegiate wrestling background or uh, just wrestling background in general. And then you go a little bit further. Cedric Van Pran, Drake Nugent, who has a Michigan connection to obviously Jim Harbaugh. Um, uh, who's the other one that I'm thinking of off the top of my head? Um, Graham Barton, who technically is one of the more versatile offensive linemen in this draft, but he's he's essentially played all five positions. You could put him at tackle, guard, or center because he's been there. Um, and, oh my gosh, why am I... Uh, Bo Lemur, excuse me. I was just trying to think off the top of my head as far as getting them all in. But there are some intriguing prospects in this center class alone that make you kind of step back and rethink things a little bit. And as it relates to the Chargers and what they're going to be doing moving forward, obviously with Corey Lindsley's retirement, depending on when you target it, there's a number of good centers in this class that you could technically, that you could go out and target. And so I'm excited to see this offensive line class as a whole in general, see how they test. Uh, depending on what the Chargers do as it relates to the offensive line, which is a whole other story in itself. And it's a, it's it, for, for a group of people, it's triggering if you if you start talking about Joe Alt and the number five overall pick for some Chargers fans. 
But I'm excited to see how this group is going to is going to go out there and test. I think it's going to help validate everything that people have been saying about this offensive line class. And hopefully, just from a general standpoint, especially as it relates to the centers, elevate that draft stock, stock as well. Yeah, but what do we know? We're just two jabronis. So we are, going to, we are going to be bringing in some experts over, this, over the course of the next 10 days or so uh, who know way more than we do and will share way more insight than we could ever do. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Multiple, multiple special guests that we'll have talking all things NFL draft prospects and storylines for this Chargers team. So be on the lookout for that. NFL Combine starts next week. Chargers Unleashed, LA Football Network has you covered with all of the storylines, takeaways. We'll be doing stuff live uh, while it is going on. We'll have reactions. We'll have analysis as it goes. Jake, anything else you want to tell the great friends before we jump on out of here? Just days away from the NFL Combine beginning. I'm so excited for next week. I'm so excited for next week, not just from the testing results, but as Dan mentioned what next week for Chargers Unleashed is going to be like in relation to the Combine. I'm super excited about it. I almost just want to shut my mouth and sit back and just (laughs) watch and enjoy the ride for next week because that's how it's going to be. We're in in just the beginning phases of draft season right now. And as always, there's going to be players that just come in and blow the doors off that are going to start grabbing all the headlines. That's what I love to see. Who's going to be the freak that comes out there and just puts up ridiculous numbers? Let's see that. The good news is we're just days away from being able to watch all of it. Uh, but until then, you can find Jake at Jake T. Hefner, myself at Dan W. Sports. If you have not already done so, please hit that like and subscribe on YouTube. Helps us out a ton. Uh, we got you covered for all things NFL Combine. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Until next time, we'll talk to you next on Chargers. Thank you.